You're listening to the Lifting Her Voice podcast, episode number 235. Today, we'll read the fifth and final chapter of 1 John together. Yes, you've completed another book. This chapter is all about the certainty of God's testimony and effective prayer. Welcome to the Lifting Her Voice podcast. I'm your host, Joy Miller, and I invite you to grab your Bible and join me as we simply read God's Word together. Some things require discipline, and sometimes that's just not easy to muster by yourself, no matter how badly you want to do it or how much you know you should. It's just easier to do it with a friend. So refill your coffee or tea, get comfortable in your favorite chair, and follow along as I read aloud. I'm so glad you're here. Mitch and I make pockets. Don't get me wrong, we're far from rich, but we have discovered the power of saving just a little out of every paycheck so that when those big things come along, they don't come out of the regular budget and they don't hurt. It hasn't always been that way. It took us a couple of running starts before we embraced the wisdom of God's principles of managing money. In the latter 90s, We took the Crown Ministries course and learned so many things that we still remember today. At the very first meeting, they said this, There are 2,350 verses in the Bible having to do with money. God knew that managing it was going to be a challenge. It was then that we started our first pocket, the gift fund. Every single week, a little money goes into that account. That way, when birthdays and weddings and graduations and Christmas come along, the money is there. We don't worry anymore about how we're going to pay the credit card bill in January or how much we have to dip into the grocery money in order to afford a baby shower present. Since then, we have added many pockets for medical bills, for missionaries, for travel and retirement. Sometimes we even managed to save a little. Admittedly, we went through a time when we were fighting a losing battle with credit cards. God prospered us, and we returned the love with stupid. Enter Dave Ramsey. We love that guy. Through his debt snowball and by getting serious about tithing, Lord willing, there will never be a need for a third cleanup act. God gave us a do-over and we are just giddy about using it to give. We love being able to help our kids in times of need. We are committed to keeping the lights on at our church and making sure our pastor gets a paycheck. And we love being able to give as much as we can to our brothers and sisters serving Christ in other countries. In Acts 20.35, Paul says this, In every way I've shown you 
that it is necessary to help the weak by laboring like this and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus because he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. In Matthew 6.21, Jesus says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's true, isn't it? We don't have to flip through too many pages in the checkbook register to see what captures our hearts. Finally, in Malachi 3.10, God himself says, Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of armies. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. You might be suffering 2020 losses or having difficulty making ends meet right now. Even in these circumstances, God's word has nuggets of wisdom. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Mitch and I are frequently reminded that we can't outgive God. I am humbled that he has entrusted us with enough to share. I pray that we will never let him down. Do you have your own story of victory over money using God's principles? I would love to hear it at LiftingHerVoice.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 1 John chapter 5 Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey his commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. And his commands are not a burden, because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. Who is the one who conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Jesus Christ, he is the one who came by water and blood not by water only, but by water and by blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three are in agreement. If we accept human testimony, God's testimony is greater, because it is God's testimony that he has given us about his Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has this testimony within himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. The one who has the Son has life. The one who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, 
He hears us. And if we know that He hears whatever we ask, we know that we have asked what we have asked of Him. If anyone sees a fellow believer committing a sin that doesn't lead to death, he should ask, and God will give life to him, to those who commit sin that doesn't lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I am not saying he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin that doesn't lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not sin, but the one who is born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God. The whole world is under the sway of the evil one, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know the true one. We are in the true one, that is, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. John has an interesting writing style, very ethereal. It's almost like he's making it hard for us to figure out, making us work for it. Maybe he just has a really great imagination. Take, for example, verses 7 and 8, for which I had to consult study notes, although I feel a little foolish now because it seems obvious. In the Old Testament law, the evidence of two or three witnesses was required to establish truth. John is saying here that Jesus' identity was attested to by three witnesses water, blood, and the Holy Spirit. At his water baptism, both the voice of the Father and the Spirit ascending like a dove testified. His death was a witness because it had been predicted. The Holy Spirit attested to who he was throughout his life. This is just a warm-up because John really puts us through our paces in Revelation you would do well to have a good commentary handy. Did verse 12 strike you like it did me? John did bottom line it for us here. If a person has the Son, he has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. This is horrifying and makes me want to start more conversations about the gospel with those whom I know are lost. Verses 16 and 17 sent me on a quest. There's apparently lots of argument over its interpretation, but what made most sense to me is this. I think John is talking about physical death here, not spiritual. Christians sin. We're not immune to it or its consequences. And we should pray for our brothers and sisters who are struggling with sin whether for poor health choices or God not being willing to have someone destroy himself, sometimes death is sadly the consequence of sin. One thing John is pretty clear on, in his mind there are only two kinds of people, children of God and children of Satan. And since this world belongs to Satan, we shouldn't be too attached to it. 
Finally, in the last verse, it seems as though John has taken a quick left turn or we somehow miss the segue into another subject. But John is contrasting idols to the one true God. And to know him who is true, to belong to him, well, that's just the best. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the assurances we have in you. Thank you for sending Jesus to save us from judgment of our sins. Thank you that you hear and answer our prayers. Thank you that when that sneaky devil comes to tempt us, you give us victory over him. Thank you that you have forgiven us and that you continue to do so as we confess our sins to you. Finally, thank you that we can trust you to guide our steps in this world of uncertainty. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining me here today. I pray God will grow in you what has been planted and watered here. In this time of unprecedented struggle worldwide, we can look to God for guidance and comfort. Be sensitive to those in your circle of influence who need a word of encouragement and invite them to join us. If you like the show, it would be great if you'd give it a five-star review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you right here tomorrow. Be well.